Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Taryn Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey there, spooksters, and welcome back to another Stabby Snippet here on Three Spooked Girls. I am one of your hosts, Jessica, and as always, I'm joined by my favorite person on the planet, Tara. Hey, spooksters. Again, guys, I want to apologize for my voice. Apparently, it's just never going to go away. I'm just going to always sound like this, so you're fucking welcome. (laughs) If I have to deal with it, you have to deal with it. It's fine. (laughs) Today, we are going to be talking about a very interesting case that when Tara and I started looking into it, I was like, can I please just do it as a stabby? Like, me. Give it to me. (laughs) You're like, just me. It's mine. (laughs) Well... (laughs) The really great thing about it is, is you guys know that I have literally the maturity of a 12-year-old boy. So, like, the fact that her last name is Dick makes me giggle, like, every time. That, and I can say she she was kind of a dick. (laughs) We're going to dive right into the story of Evelyn Dick, or as her previous name, which was Evelyn McLean. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Evelyn McLean was born October 13th, 1920, which, fun fact, my dad and his older brother, like, my dad is second born. So his oldest brother, his older, his only older sibling, mm-hmm. both have the birthday of October 13th. Oh, that's cool. And so did my old boss. Oh, wow. Man, hella people have that birthday, apparently. It's a good birthday. <laughs> it is. It's a good birthday. So if you are an October 13th baby. Yeah. <laughs> and this and this story is actually going to come. This this isn't a U.S. story, guys. We're going to take a long, long, hard trip up to the great white north of Canada. Yay. We love Canada. Uh-huh. So <laughs> she was, okay, so Evelyn was born into kind of like um like a middle class family. Like, that's what I would say that she was. Um, and she was born to Donald and Alexandria McLean. And her family lived at 14 Rosslyn Avenue, Hamilton, Ontario. And her father worked for the Hamilton Street Railroad as a streetcar conductor. But I think eventually, like, he moves on and, like, kind of works in their office. Because good old Donald is a high, like, is a high-fluting, like, cash-wielding man. And his job does not give him that kind of an income. So people were always like, "Hmm, that Donald, there's something fucking shady about him. (laughs) But this means that... Evelyn and her siblings would be put into a higher society and they would be, they would run around with like a higher class of people. So Evelyn, right away, when she became, she was quite pretty for her. I love, I, you know, this is like, (laughs) 
It's like that Ted Bundy thing where people are like, he was handsome for his time. That's like literally <laughs> Evelyn was like, she was pretty for her time. Oh, boy. <laughs> so Evelyn was a looker. So she, when she was about 16, she entered into society and she started flirting about and doing her thing. And she very quickly became known as the girl in town who entertained older gentlemen. Oh, yeah, okay. She, she liked him old. Older, I should say. Like, <laughs> And when she was about the age of 16, she got knocked up. Oh. <gasps> Which, if it was 16, that's 1936, that's very fucking scandalous, which is a year before my dad was born. I just want to point this out. Like, it's very fucking scandalous. Mm -hmm. Girlfriend. So she becomes pregnant, and she has her daughter, and her daughter's name is Hannah. And Evelyn just tells everyone that she married this military man who was stationed abroad, and his name was Mr. Smith. Of course, his name was Smith. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Drag down John Smith, find him. And they're like, uh, sir, I don't know. So she just kind of went about her life. Oh, my my husband's overseas. And I I think she probably in like the story killed him off at some point. I'm not quite sure. But he kind of like disappears. And then she is back out into society, hobnobbing and whatnot with her people. And she kind of becomes attached to this one gentleman. So She kind of like starts dating around and she kind of falls in with this one particular guy by the name of Bill Bohozik. So Bill is like her steady boyfriend and her parents don't like dislike Bill. He's just not like the greatest of guys. I think he was some sort of criminal. I think he may have had some sort of past. So they weren't like, that's the guy you should be with. However... Evelyn would soon set her eyes on a different man by the name of John Dick. Now, John was much older than her, like a good 20. I want to say, like, when they got together, she was pretty fucking young. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped a part, guys. I apologize. So in between her having Hannah and being with John, she actually got pregnant again. And it's presumably was this Peter White or whoever the dad mm-hmm. is was the father. He mysteriously fluttered into town, impregnated me, and then left mysteriously. But most likely it was Bill's kid. And since Evelyn was like living with her parents and living off of her parents, they were like, we can't have another kid in the house. We don't want to be taking care of another kid. We already have your one. So it was said that Evelyn went to the hospital, had the baby, actually like bonded with the, bo- the little boy. His name was Peter David White. Then she comes home with just a fucking suitcase and they're like, where the fuck is your kid? And her story is, is that her parents had told her, look, we cannot raise this other kid. We're not going to be responsible for it. So if you want this kid or if you want to keep this kid, you have to be on your own. You have to take care of it. And so she Mm -hmm. says she gave it up for adoption. Right before she had the baby, she moved into her own apartment her own like townhouse type situation and her mom moved in with her to take care of her daughter i totally understand like if you're a grandma you don't really want to have to like take care of all of your especially if your daughter is this promiscuous it's kind of like nip this shit in the bud before suddenly we have like 12 grandkids and i'm Mm -hmm. never gonna get to do anything fun oh yeah i mean especially back then too birth control is not really a thing (laughs) (laughs) no it was not so she gave birth to her daughter in 1942. She gave birth to her son in 1944. And in the summer of 1945, she met a Russian immigrant by the name of John Dick. And he actually was employed by the same streetcar company that her dad was. So that's like how she met him. He was 39 and 15 years older than her. 
That's a pretty big age gap. Mm-hmm. Just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> a little smidge. So they get engaged and basically Evelyn thinks he's this like highfalutin like oh my dad makes a lot of money working for the rail company you must make a lot of money working for the rail company i think he was kind of that guy who was like i'm gonna spend all my money dating you so when they go to get married the bills come up and john can't pay them so evelyn is stuck with the bill and so this is her first like "Mm, i don't like him (laughs) moment So Evelyn is like, God. And so she actually ends up moving home because she's like, fuck this shit. John doesn't have enough money. And she leaves and basically starts having an affair with her old boyfriend, Bill. And John does not take this well. He's like, fuck this noise. You're my wife. You will be with me. Blah, blah, blah. Dude, you should have just fucking walked away. No fucking kidding. You should have just been like, "Mm, it's fine. (laughs) Nice to know you. So he goes to Evelyn is like, you have to come back. You have to come back to me. And she's like, fuck you. I'm going to live my best life with Bill. Blah, blah, blah. I can't hear you. Fingers in my ears. So then John goes to her dad and is like, Donald, you have to make her come back to me. You have to make her behave and be a respectable wife. And Donald's like, I don't fucking like you. Fuck you. Get away from me. Type shit, you know? Well, that backfires for Mr. John Dick because, or I should say for Donald, kind of in a way, because John is like, hey, I know you've been fucking stealing from work and I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell everybody that you've been fucking skimming off the top for years. All this high rolling shit, this fancy house you live in, all this shit. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell how you got that money. And Donald was like, go ahead, see what happens to you. (laughs) Well. March 6th of 1946 was the last time anyone saw John Dick. And police were like, have you seen your husband? And she's like, I don't fucking know where he's at. Well, on March 16th, some kids were playing down by this reservoir, like this creaky area. There's these five kids. And they were like looking off in the distance. And they were like, oh, my God, look at that headless pig over there. We should go investigate. I'm like, first of all, why the fuck are you going to go look at a headless pig (laughs) i mean they're kids (laughs) right (laughs) well turns out it wasn't a headless pig it was the torso of a human person Mm. and it had two gunshot wounds to the chest which i guess i could be like oh okay i see this well they kind of start looking at things and they know that john dick is missing and they get a buddy of his i think it's like his brother actually comes and like identifies the torso i'm assuming I didn't really get confirmation on anything I watched or read. Like, he must have Mm -hmm. had some sort of, like, he must have had a third nipple or something. And they're like, yep, that's John. (laughs) Because I'm like, Tara, you're my best friend. But if someone was like, there's only a torso, I'd be like, I don't fucking know. I mean, I have tattoos, so it's different. Okay, yeah, that's true. (laughs) I would be like, yeah. But, like, if you were tattooless. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had to have had something or some kind of scar something. There had to be some sort of identifying, like, marker on him. Right. Like, my name is John Dick. That had to be on. Because <laughs> I'm like, that could have just been anyone's torso. Right. Maybe a scar, a fun scar with a good story. I don't know. Something like that. Anyway. So <laughs> they go start questioning Evelyn. And she's not acting the right way she should to be finding out that her husband is dead. When they ask her how she feels about her husband being murdered, she goes, well, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> what? And I was like, oh, oh. Right. 
All right. Wow, you should have reacted, Evelyn. You should have been like, I am devastated. Oh, no, not John. It's the 40s. People were looking for that. And she was just like, meh. He's gone. Oh, no, he's gone. So they start questioning her and they take her downtown and they get a search warrant to check her house to look for other evidence. And what they find will be fucking quite surprising because they don't actually find anything in her house that would trace back to the murder of John Dick. But remember I said how she came home from the hospital with a suitcase? Mm-hmm. Well, Peter was in the suitcase. Oh, my God. Encased in cement and concrete. Oh. And had been up in the attic this whole time for like <gasps> two years. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so they were like, well, we see that you may have killed your husband, but we definitely know you killed your kid because you left the hospital with the child and did not come home with the child. So they go to Evelyn's parents' house to, like, search for more information, and they find evidence of charred human bones and bits of clothing that had the uniform. So basically, Evelyn borrowed a car from another one of her gentleman suitors. And the front seat had blood on it. Oh, my God. <laughs> or, like, in the seat. I think she probably, like, Oops. wiped it off or whatever. And they were like, oh, there's blood. She comes up with a really great story. Basically, is that one day, her first story is that one day, a mobster dude shows up and says her husband owes them a lot of money. She's like, there's nothing I can do about it. And then they're like, well, if you don't want to get hurt, you're going to help us get rid of the body. And so she borrows a car from a friend and helps them move a body. Okay. These poor Italian gangsters are just out there getting ratted on all the fucking time. <laughs> but we should mention right now, her dad goes down first and foremost because he, they were like, wait a second, why did he threaten you? He said he threatened you. What, what was that about? And it came out that Donald had stolen all that money. So he was going to, he was charged with robbing the Hamilton streetcar. Hmm. Yeah, and basically Evelyn just kept making up stories. And it's like, you know, those like contradicting stories. I don't remember if I put her on the couch or in her bed or, you know, with that one with fucking Pam. I was going to say, it's like Pam. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of like the same thing. So they, they basically levy charges of murder of John Dick onto Evelyn, her parents, and Bill. Mm. And then Bill and Evelyn are charged with fetal homicide, infanticide for Peter's death. Because at this point, they basically know that Peter was Bill's child. Mm -hmm. So they go to trial. And I mean, they go to trial pretty quick because they they found the body in March of 46. And mm -hmm. they go to court in October of 46. Oh, wow. And <laughs> Evelyn does not do well. Her mom agrees to testify against her daughter for immunity. So... Jeez, Alexandria. <laughs> she stated that Evelyn had been absent from the home for a prolonged period of time on March 6th, and that was the last day anyone had seen John Dick. And she said that on March 8th, she asked Evelyn if something had happened to him, and Evelyn didn't really answer. And then she ran on her husband, too, because she's like, yeah, my husband owned, owns a handgun and a large butcher knife. Alexandria's like, I'm not going down for you fuckers. Like... <laughs> Like, she's the girl in the, like, in the movie who's, mm -mm, I will tell on all of you. I will not go to detention. Fuck you guys. Don't <laughs> fuck up with my Friday. <laughs> so Evelyn goes to court and, you know, she's playing the whole, like, 
I'm a young woman or a child and I need, you know, my husband was treating me bad, that kind of bullshit. But they were like, no, Evelyn, you murdered your husband and then chopped up his body and distributed it out throughout Ontario. So you are going to be sentenced to death. And she was found guilty. And she was supposed to be hung pretty fucking quick. But then she had to stand trial for the death of her son, Peter. And basically what ended up saving her was a psychiatrist who testified that Evelyn had endured a traumatic childhood and had the emotional maturity or mentality of a 13-year-old. And so she would not have understood what she was doing with Peter and therefore she should have a lesser sentence. So it went from like infant side to manslaughter. And so then she was given life in prison. Donald was found guilty of being an accessory to murder and was sentenced to five years in prison. And Bill was actually ended up being cleared of all charges. Hmm. Somewhere along the lines, Evelyn, because basically like she had a traumatic childhood, this is whatever, whatever, her death sentence was commuted to life in prison. And I'd like to say that was the end of Evelyn and that she just rotted away in prison. But that's not the case, actually. In 1958, after serving 11 years in Kingston Penitentiary, she was paroled because she wasn't given life without the possibility of parole. She was given it with parole. Wow. Right? And so it was said that she assumed a new identity and vanished into obscurity. However, you would think that Evelyn was just like, okay, so she vanished and no one knew anything about her. But in 1985, she was officially pardoned. What? That's so much fucking long. That's like, what? Oh, my God. 40, 40 years after she fucking killed the dude? <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. You get to go free now. It's fine. Oh, my God. Right? So, Evelyn. <laughs> so, we don't actually know what happened to Evelyn. They think she's one of the muses for, like, the Black Widow move. Black Widow, not, like, the Marvel, but, like, the Black Widow serial killer type women mm-hmm. stories. And that there have been books written on her. There is a play that was inspired by her called How Could You, Mrs. Dick? It came out in 1989. And there was a television drama called Torso, the Evelyn Dick story that came out in oh. 2002. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is like one of those famous stories that no one's ever heard of. Mm-hmm. In Ontario, like everybody fucking knows the story. It's kind of like how we had the girl in the box growing up. Like, everybody knew the story. Right. Like, if you left your area, nobody fucking knew your story. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. It just, this whole story, like, fucking blew my mind. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, what? What? I just <laughs> like that she was just, my husband's gone. I don't know where he's at. He's probably traveling. Oh, that's his torso? <laughs> oh, no. His torso. I don't like that. <laughs> Oh, no. It's like that TikTok sound that's like, oh, no, our table, it's broken. But it's more like, oh, no, my husband, he's it's dismembered. <laughs> and because we don't know what happened to her, we don't know if Evelyn is alive or dead. Crazy. She'd be 101. I mean, yeah, it just depends. She possibly could be alive. Who knows? 102, actually. Damn. Should be turning 102. Evelyn, if you were out there, lady, we'd love to chat with you about the murder you committed <laughs> 80 years ago. <laughs> oh, my God. Crazy lady. Oh, my I God. I just like this story, like, as soon as I started reading it, I was like, this isn't real. 
This isn't one. Like the stories lately, <laughs> this is the been one. like this isn't real. Yeah, these are real stories. Like Monday's episode, I'm like, this isn't a real story, right? Someone wrote. Someone got high and wrote this. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Okay, so that's gonna wrap us up for this episode. We hope you enjoy it, and we'll be back on Monday with another episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.